You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Please open your Bibles to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, we're looking at verses 19 to 21 today. Back in our Sermon on the Mount series, going through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And we're in Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. Three verses which are penetrating for us today, and I pray encouraging. Also, as always, convicting because Jesus is always going after the heart. I like our sermon title this weekend. I like it. Um, It's this, Find Your Treasure and Find Your Heart. Find Your Treasure, which is a very, very important and powerful spiritual reality. Find your treasure and you will find your heart. Um, remember, when the Bible speaks of the heart, the Bible speaks of it, the heart as being the essence of our being. In our day and in, you know, expressions of entertainment or just writing, we think heart, it's emotions. When the Bible speaks of heart, it speaks of uh, the mind, the affections, and the will. Uh, It's the entirety of our being. So when the Bible speaks of the heart, it speaks of or it depicts who we are, and what we are. So this is profound then. So we learn today what we treasure in life reveals who we truly are. Okay, you can say a bunch of stuff. You can say the right things. We can speak a big game. But in the end, that can just all be words. We're learning today to really find out who we are is to discover what we treasure Find our treasure and guarantee we will find also our heart. When we find our heart, we find out who we really are. So today is kind of an important message, saying facetiously, this this is a very important message today. Find your treasure and you will find your heart. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 19, Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And verse 21 is massive. Like it is massive, should be underlined, highlighted. Stars beside it, exclamation marks, whatever it is you do in your Bible. This is such an important verse. Jesus speaks to so much of our lives. He says, for where your treasure is, there. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wow. So a simple message today, but essential message today. A simple message today, but profound. A simple message today, but like massively important for our lives today as well. So let's start here then. Point number one is this. I am a fool when I store up earthly treasure. I am a fool when I store up earthly treasure. Verse 19, do not lay up treasures or lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Now, I want to remind us, right, the overarching theme of the Sermon of the Mount and our ministry year is beside me and behind me on the screen. The theme of our entire year going through the Sermon of the Mount is living in light of the kingdom. That is so utterly important 
for those of us who are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we are alive in Christ, we are part of his kingdom, we are to live our lives in the light under the values of his kingdom. This is what Jesus is teaching again today. When we treasure his kingdom, like listen to this, it's so important. Sometimes the simplest things kind of pass us by, but they're so important. When we treasure his kingdom, then all of our lives are formed by the perspective of his kingdom. If we truly are living in his kingdom, if we love Jesus Christ, if we are treasuring his kingdom, everything we see in life goes through the filter of the values of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. In other words, when we truly value his kingdom again, then the rest of our lives move according to the path of his kingdom. Let me say it this way, kingdom of God people, kingdom of God people must live with kingdom of God values. You cannot say, I cannot say that I'm truly part of the kingdom of God and live the opposite of what Jesus prescribed for us. That's hypocrisy. That is theologically impossible over the course of a life. We have bad days, bad seasons, but you gotta come back if you're in. You gotta come back along the values and the heart of Jesus Christ, kingdom of God people. This is important right now because there are some people here right now, you profess to be part of God's kingdom, but you don't live anywhere near like God's kingdom. That's an important sign for you to recognize. That's a very, very important thing for you to acknowledge. I say one thing, I do another. Jesus is like, find your treasure, find your heart. If you're in, at the end of the day, you must move according to the pathway of God's kingdom. Kingdom of God people must live by God's grace, by God's spirit, compelled to follow him, must live by kingdom of God values. Here's another way to frame it. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27, he says this, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And if he knows us, what happened? We follow him. My sheep hear my voice. If they're legit, if they're in, Jesus like, I know them. They're mine and they follow me. They follow me down the path of my kingdom because Jesus is always going towards his kingdom. He's never going the opposite direction. So if I know Christ, I hear Jesus' voice. Today, this is gonna happen. Today, right now, in this text, Jesus is speaking. His voice is being heard and his genuine sheep will hear his voice through his word. Jesus knows them and genuine sheep belonging to the good shepherd will follow Jesus according to Matthew 6, verses 19 to 21. That's how this works. If we say we're of the kingdom of God, then our lives must prove it by the way we live. And one of the greatest ways we prove that we're of God's kingdom is we value the treasure that Jesus is and the treasure that Jesus values. So this is why Jesus says in verse 19, then he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now see the verb there, lay up. The verb lay up is a present imperative with a negative. Do not lay up. Now the present imperative is important because essentially it means this. Jesus is saying today, when he says, do not lay up treasure, essentially Jesus is saying this, stop it. But he's not just saying, 
Stop it today. The present imperative means stop it today and tomorrow and the next day. Keep, or it's like, well, I am, I am, uh, I am ceasing from laying up treasures on earth. Then Jesus says, then keep on refusing to lay up treasures on earth for the rest of your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Stop it and keep stopping it because that's how important it is to not lay up treasures on earth. No, the verb lay up means to uh, uh, stack on top of another. Think of stockpiling. Uh, think of hoarding. Might be some hoarders in the room. Be careful. Be careful. Hey, remember in COVID, the toilet paper thing? <laughs> remember that? That was a joke, wasn't it? Like, I hope, I hope, like, my, my wife and I were kind of watching this thing on, man, people are nuts. Right? Like, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, again, if you're one of those people, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No emails, no emails. Okay, whatever. You understand what I'm saying? But that was the stockpiling craze. We got to get all this stuff to make sure we don't run out, whatever. And we're hoarding all these things. Jesus is like, in terms of earthly treasures, don't do that. Do not do that. That's the last thing that we should be doing as citizens of the true kingdom. So Jesus says today, stop it. Stop stacking earthly treasures. Stop hoarding earthly possessions. Now the question is, we got to ask, why? Why would he say that? Why should we not stack up earthly treasures? Well, the reason Jesus gives here, if you look at the text in verse 19, because they don't last. Why would we store up that which will not last? We would do that because we're dumb. He says in verse 19, do not lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. It's helpful to understand here that the two examples that Jesus gives were the primary sources of wealth in the first century. Uh, expensive cloth was seen as a significant sign of wealth to everyone in ancient times, particularly in the first century. Uh, this was to the point that the poor would also hand down garments as an inheritance to their loved ones. It's interesting to think about that. I don't know if I've heard of articles of clothing being handed down, maybe some very special piece of clothing. The wealthy would try to keep fine clothes locked away to keep them away from moths because moths would love to feast on fine clothing, especially wool. And they would feast on fine clothing, which of course still happens in our day today. Precious metals were also a significant source of wealth. People would seek to bury their wealth in holes in the ground, uh, under floors, that kind of thing. But rust, or you could also translate that corrosion, was always after the precious metals. And the rust or corrosion would eat away at such wealth. Um, where moth and rust destroys. Rust destroys could also refer to um, stored grain, let's say. When grain was stored up again for future times, insects would eat away at the stored supplies. Then there was the problem of thieves. Uh, most homes in the first century were made of mud bricks. So any persistent thief with a decent tool, if you give him enough time, he could chisel away and break into a home and steal uh, the wealthy objects that were within. Now, as we go through this passage, especially verse 19 right now, it's very important here, okay, that we get very good clarity here. Jesus is not suggesting that we are all to now live in poverty, 
The Bible does not ban possessions in themselves. It's important to understand that. The Bible banned all possessions. I mean, aren't you glad right now that we're wearing clothes in this room? I am awkward, right? right? But again, it's not wrong to own clothing. It's right to put on clothing. So we've got to make sure we don't go crazy with what's being suggested here or how we interpret this. It is not wrong to have savings. It is not wrong to plan wisely for the future. I mean, in the book of Proverbs, it gives an example of the ant working hard industriously to store up, to plan again for the future in wisdom in times of drought or whatnot. Also, it is not wrong that we enjoy that which God has created. It is not wrong to do so. In fact, we are commanded to do so, giving gratitude. The key to all of that is Jesus Christ receives the glory. We are grateful to our Father uh, who gives every good and perfect gift. It has to be, wow, I, I opened the fridge. I can't believe, God, you're so gracious. When we're in that place, that is good and that is right. But what is wrong and what is sinful and what is Dumb is when we put our hope in earthly treasure. What is wrong, which is very clear here, is when we accumulate possessions as a sign of wealth. When we accumulate possessions and we put our hope in them. When we accumulate possessions in self-indulgence. The Bible is so clear about that. When we accumulate possessions because we're obsessed in the idolatry of luxurious living. We can never have enough. It is wrong to do that. It is sinful to store up, lay up earthly treasures in such forms. What is wrong is to hoard possessions. Listen, this is so key in the New Testament. While we ignore the plight of others around us, a massive part of laying up treasures in heaven is being sensitive to the needs of people, again, that we can care for when God has been generous with us. When we accumulate for ourselves and we're lacking generosity, that is sinful. That is incorrect. That is what Jesus is speaking against. What is wrong is when we live for such possessions that in the end, again, when we live for such possessions that have no lasting value. And not only is it wrong, Jesus says it is, it is again, I've said this a couple times already, it's really, really dumb. Um, let me read for us. The parable of the rich fool. There's so many texts we could go to as cross-references with Matthew 6. But let me just read for us this parable here. One of my favorites. Luke 12, verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to a man, Who made me judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Jesus said to them, This is again, one of my favorite verse of mine. Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told him a parable saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. 
And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, who does this? It's so good, eh? Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Soul, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Yes, soul, do that. I added that part. But God said to him, this is so key, but God, actually, let's put this on the screen for us here. I think we got this part on the screen here. We do, right? But God said to him, fool. That, 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 is, that is profound to me and it should be profound to you. You dummy. You idiot. You, 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 you senseless person. Look at this night your soul's required of you. All your years, all your time, all your energy, bigger barns, storing up stuff. By the way, have you noticed that six-story new storage facility on the corner of the QEW and Guelph line? I noticed, I drove by yesterday twice, just going up again. I remember that building going up. I'm like, what is that thing? They built the eleva- elevator shafts and a storage unit, of course. There it is. And there it is. And it's, it's six stories of storage units, man. And so, well, I the Lord decide how that all interpreted there, whatever. So look, this night your souls are card of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself. See, here's the key, here's the key. And is not rich towards God. That, that is the bottom line. Jesus is like, stop it. Don't do that. And never do that the rest of your life. Do not lay up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. See, Jesus says, it is foolishness. You lived for self, listen, and you gave nothing for God. Part of my job as we faithfully preach the word of God is to condense and to articulate in simplest forms what Jesus is saying, okay? One of the ways in this text is to do this is by saying this. If we are living our lives as professed Christ followers, and we are not generous towards the things of God, that's a problem. Okay, like there's, there's no way. I'm not saying this, Jesus is. Over and over and over again. The single greatest form of idolatry in our Western society is money and treasure. Okay, again, let me just say as clearly as I can. If we profess to follow Christ and we are not generous towards the things of God and the kingdom of God, we have a heart problem. And there's an inconsistency with what Jesus says and what we are doing. We just, we just have to be honest before. He sees it all. He knows it all. There's no hiding from him. This is why Jesus spoke on this issue more than heaven and hell combined. Because it is the single greatest thing that grabs the heart of humanity. It's treasures on earth, and it's a longing for money and stuff for somehow we think we'll be better off. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Well, actually, in this case, I don't really mind. But here's the bad news, okay? Your clothing, your Lululemon, your Aritzia, your, your roots, it... It won't last. Now, no emails about Lululemon and Aritzia. I just Googled like some of the top brands in Canada and these are what came up, okay? I just did that and that's what came up. But just like, but let's make sure we know, okay? When we own such articles of clothing, whatever, it's not wrong in themselves. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, make sure you know they don't last. 
Let's not live for those things. We cannot live for such things. There's some people who are living for such things. They live to don such apparel. Not wrong. Just don't live for it. It's stuff that moth destroy. Here's some more bad news. Your gold, your stocks, your cash. In the end, in the end, we love saying this, the moment Jesus Christ returns, their value, your stock portfolio goes to zero. 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 Jesus, I could care less about your stock portfolio. I could care less about your mutual funds. I could care less about your bank account. It means nothing. It means nothing. The poorest person in the world who has nothing, who loves Jesus Christ, is the richest person in heaven. Again, let, let us remember that. Let us remember that. And tell ourselves, God, help us. God, help us. It's so tempting to think otherwise. Then there's thieves, right? Thieves. So much car theft in our day right now. So much bike theft. We've had multiple bikes stolen. So much fraud scams that are coming. Every day. Is there a new fraud scam? I just delete, 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 right? There's always fraud scams. So much home theft as well. It's amazing, you know, like Jill and I, we, we say, my wife Jill and I, we, we say this often. We're just like, man, someone can break into our home. We don't really know what they take. Like it's, it's like, well, I think we have a 12-year-old secondhand TV. If they want that, you can take that. We have a secondhand couch, like all our furniture is secondhand. Like I, I like the couch. It's nice. It's nice. I, I really enjoy it. But it's secondhand. You, you, you can take that. A couple of years ago, we had to get a new fridge. And so I'm like, I guess that might be of some value, but that's kind of heavy to steal. You kind of, you see the thief there, like, hey, you want some help handing that out? You know, I can try to, you know, it's pretty heavy to get that out, whatever. But I mean, we're talking about, it. we're kind of, you know, like you leave your home and you're like, well, at the end of the day, we care about our family, like lives and kids, of course, all that. But stuff in the house, it's so free. You'd be like, well, I don't know what they're, they're probably going to be very excited about any of that. That's freeing. It's freeing. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to move towards right? Some of us right now, if someone breathed on our car in the wrong way, it would infuriate us. Bro, you got a heart problem, man. No, no, for real though, you do. If that's your attitude, get away from my car. You, you got a heart problem, bro. Like it's not supposed to be that way. Some of us in the room right now, if a certain article of clothing went through their wash and it was ruined, we'd be brought to tears. Sister, brother, you got a heart problem, man. Admit it. Admit it. I have to admit it too. On a very serious note, in the 2008 financial crisis that swept through again this whole continent, you had financial executives leaping to their death out of high-rise business towers. Leaping to their death because they were ruined financially. Why would they do that? Because they have a heart problem. Their identity, their life, and their purpose is built up in a financial value. And how others, again, view them to the point that they take their life when they lose it all. That's a serious heart problem. You know, practically too, the adage that has always meant a lot to me is the more you own, the more it owns you. And that's true, right? Like, I mean, all these good things, and yet, if our heart's on them in idolatry, of course, it turns sinful. But just, like, I value simplicity, man. Like, just trying hard, you know, at times it, it is hard. We have, you know, four kids in our family, different things that are happening, and universities starting up, all that kind of stuff. You just, you know, but just, like, simplicity, it's... It's just, it stresses me. There's just too much other things to do for the Lord than to be so caught up in stuff. This is what Jesus is going after. 
don't give your heart to that which has no ultimate value. Why would we do that? That's so dumb, right? Like, I think we can all admit that. That's so dumb. Jesus is like, I agree. I agree. That's so dumb. Look at this quote just as we exit this first point. Matthew Henry said this. I really like this. Man takes great pains to heap up riches, and they are like heaps of manure in the furrows of the field, good for nothing unless they be spread. Thank you, Matthew Henry. That's very helpful. It's true, eh? We take great pains to heap up riches. So many, so many. You know, so much wealth in our society. But they're like heaps of manure if they just stay where they are. And just like manure, it's only good if you spread it out and then it can actually be fertilized to make the land grow and to see a harvest. And that's what we are to do for the kingdom, for the kingdom of God. So I'm a fool when I store up earthly treasure. Secondly, I am wise when I store up heavenly treasure. Um... Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. So if Jesus was saying, stop it, to laying up treasures on earth, now he's like, do it, when it comes to laying up treasures in heaven. And not just do it today, he's like, do it tomorrow. Do it for the rest of your life. Keep on storing up treasures in heaven. Do it for the rest of your life, Jesus says. But how do, we, how do we describe treasures in heaven? Fundamentally, treasures in heaven are this. Treasures in heaven are that which receive God's divine approval. Treasures in heaven are that which receive God's divine approval. Compared to treasures on earth, treasures in heaven last forever. Think of it this way too. John Stott says this. Treasures in heaven are temporal activities with eternal consequences. I like that. They are temporal activities with eternal consequences. Treasures on earth are temporal activities with temporal consequences. They have, they have no value in the end. But treasures in heaven. So just like, let's get super practical. You're serving in the parking lot today. Right? Bless our brothers and sisters that are doing that today. I just, again, I've always said if I wasn't preaching, I'd be in the parking lot. Parking lot's a great opportunity. So you're serving the parking lot, and you are used to greet someone in an unusual way, find them a spot, welcome them, bless them. They're new to our church. Maybe they've never heard about Christ. They come in here, and they hear the word. Jesus Christ meets them. They get saved, or they experience great growth in their life. They're transformed. And you are a part of that from the parking lot as they come in here. And what Jesus Christ does in the parking lot, that's treasures of heaven. You are being used to store up treasures in heaven. You are giving of yourself for God's kingdom in love for Christ and love for others. That's treasures in heaven. You sleep in and wake up and watch Netflix. That's not treasures in heaven. That is not much of anything. Every bit of fruit that we bear for Jesus Christ is treasure in heaven. Think, think. There's so many things we could say about this. Every time we give ourselves to his church, every time we give generously to his kingdom with a, with a right heart, that's treasure in heaven. Every time we serve the poor, every time we help the least of these with the right motives, that is treasure in heaven. Again, the key is when I treasure his kingdom, church, listen, when I treasure his kingdom, then my cherished values are shaped by his kingdom. I mean, really, the point, the point here is this, is that 
the more I am moving and growing in Christ, I love what Jesus loves. I value what Jesus values. I treasure what Jesus treasures. So the awesome part about treasures in heaven is that no thief can steal them ever. Think about that. So good, eh? Like, you serve the Lord and treasures in heaven. Like, there's nothing. There's no rodent that can eat them. There's no moth that can ruin them. There's no corrosion that can touch them. There's no insurance needed, praise God. There's no security systems required. There's no warranty necessary. Treasures in heaven are indestructible. Treasures in heaven are unbreakable. Treasures in heaven are eternal. But the world is so foolish, isn't it? The world is so foolish, striving after the wind, accumulating, spending, worshiping on what? On emptiness. Oh, how the citizens, though, of the kingdom must be different. Loved ones, loved ones, we got to be different. Like, we have to be different if we are truly alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a little comparison slide here just for us to look at as we kind of summarize what we're learning here right now. Earthly treasures, fundamentally, earthly treasures are built on selfishness. Self-hoarding, self-indulgence. Like, it's good for us to really put our hearts on the table today. Earthly treasure is often built on greed. The Bible is very, very, very clear about that. Again, the parable that we read today. Earthly treasures result in stress on earth and corrosion. Earthly treasures are temporal and, at the end, earthly treasures. Again, we have to admit to ourselves, they're dumb. They're dumb. Investing in that which will not last Heavenly treasures, on the other hand, when I grow in Christ, every, every time I grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a treasure in heaven. When I give with generosity and I give to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is treasures in heaven. When I give grace to the needy, when I use my gifts to serve the church and love for the Lord, it's a treasure in heaven every single time. And treasures in heaven are indestructible, they are eternal, and they are wisdom. They are very, very, very wise. Do not lay up, do lay up. Do not store up, do store up. Store up. Because that is where the blessing will be found. So, I am a fool when I store up earthly treasures, and I am wise when I store up heavenly treasures. And then number three, and finally, is this. My heart is revealed then by what I treasure. Now, this has happened already as we've gone through this text. Jesus is speaking. We want to hear his voice. Look at verse 21 again. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Such an important verse. Randy Elkhorn wrote that 15% of everything Jesus taught related to money or treasure. Think about that. 15% of everything Jesus taught related to the issue of money and treasure. Why, why would Jesus care so much about this? Like, it's not that he needs treasure. I mean, he owns everything. So why would he care so much? Because he cares about you and me. Because why? Find your treasure, and you've found your heart. Why is the heart such a big deal? Okay, think about this too, Church K. Because whatever, whatever holds my heart controls my life. That's why it's such a big deal. Whatever holds my heart controls my life. Massive quote. I think I love quotes and I just find them so helpful sometimes to kind of condense what we're learning. John Calvin said this. This is very, 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 very important. 
where riches hold the dominion of the heart, God has lost his authority. So again, let's be clear about that today. We're going to learn next week, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. That's coming up in like three verses from now. You cannot serve both God and money. So therefore, if I'm serving money, God does not have authority in my life because my God is money, not God. It's important for us to recognize this. This again, it speaks of this entire sermon today. If riches and earthly treasure hold dominion of my heart, then I'm giving myself. My authority comes from my pursuit of the earth. I am not gaining my authority from the Lord. And that obviously is a massive problem. This is why this message is so critical today. It's heart surgery for us to admit, confess, repent, and resolve to go after the kingdom of heaven, Jesus Christ. I don't think you need help with this, but just in case, so, so, so how do I know what I treasure? Well, what do we think about? What do we dream about? What do we worry about? What do we spend time on? What do we spend money on? I mean, the answers to those questions reveal what our treasure is. And you find your treasure and you found your heart. So it's so much wisdom, right? So much wisdom today. What we treasure will be the difference between a wasted life and a wise life. Like a total wasted life. I think of how many celebs and biz execs and all these guys have millions or billions. And it, without Christ in the end, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a total waste. It's a total waste. Or there could be a life of total wisdom. Again, my heart is revealed by what I treasure. And the treasure of all treasures is Jesus Christ. The treasure of all treasures is Jesus Christ. So let's be still and let's just pack up quietly. We're going to prepare ourselves for the Lord's Supper right now. And I'm really excited to do this. And I want us to really, really draw the thread or the line from our passage to the Lord's Supper today. Now, Again, I'm asking you to be still and, and Lord, help us to really reflect and Lord, help us to really consider what we're doing right now. We're about, for those of us who are saved in Jesus Christ, this is for those who are alive in Jesus, born again, uh, have received eternal life through uh, faith in the, in the grace, receiving grace from Jesus Christ. We're gonna hold symbols of the body of Christ represented by bread and the blood of Christ represented by the juice. Now, now, now think, think, loved ones, think again. Lord, help us now and, and renew our minds. Think of what these symbols represent in terms of treasure. Think of the treasure represented in the symbols of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We hold the symbols that has granted us forgiveness. Forgiveness. What kind of price tag would you put on all your sins forgiven, past, present, and future. We hold the symbols today of our salvation. 
What kind of value would you place on salvation over sin, death, and hell? Mm, it's got to be worth quite a lot. Like, honestly, think about that. What kind of value would you place on that? What would you not give up that you could be saved from sin, death, Satan, and hell for eternity? How much would you give up for that? This is what we're treasuring, we're remembering to treasure today. What kind of value would you place on redemption, being purchased out of slavery by Jesus Christ through his death and crucifixion on the cross? That's the treasure we hold today, symbolized in the body and blood of Jesus Christ. What kind of value would you place on reconciliation with God? Where we were formerly at enmity with God and estranged from God and destined for death. And now in Jesus Christ, we are reconciled to God, friends of God, adopted in God's family, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. What kind of value you place on your inheritance with Jesus Christ? His inheritance is yours. What price tag would you put on that? It's infinite. What would you not give up? to be reconciled to God. This is what is represented in the symbols today through the Lord's Supper. It is the treasure of all treasures. Listen, listen, it is the treasure of Jesus Christ. That's humbling. God, help us to see that the increased earthly things that we want to add to our bank account or possessions or whatever, help us to compare them today with salvation in Jesus Christ, being set free from sin and death and hell by the love and mercy and grace of Jesus. And then lastly, just to prime our hearts, Tim Keller said this, I love this quote so much, every other treasure you have to purchase, Jesus is the only treasure that purchased you. That is awesome. Everything else we purchase, Jesus Christ purchased us and then he gave us everything he has on top of that. He bought us and he gave us his entire inheritance. Unreal. Jesus Christ, the treasure of all treasures. I'll say it again, the Lord's Supper is for those who are alive in Jesus Christ. If you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ truly, please let this pass. The cups are stacked. The bread and the juice on top will take a stack of cups we will hold and we will receive together. This is a beautiful time. This is an important time. This is a reverent time. This is a sacred time. This is a time for us. Again, you can do such ministry before the Lord today. Lord, I confess to you, I have sought the treasure of the earth, but today, Lord, I seek you. You, you are the, help my affections be rooted in you more than ever. These are the prayers that we pray. Communion service, you can come forward right now, right now where you are, and get ready to serve. And as they do that, church, let's pray. Father, help us not to be fools. Help us, Lord, not to be wasting our lives with nothing. But rather, I beg you that we would be increasing in wisdom and affection and value in you and your kingdom. Jesus, today you say to us, stop it. Stop storing and hoarding earthly treasures. But you say, do it. Store up treasures in heaven. Why? Because we find our treasure and there we find our hearts. 
So I pray for the hearts of Hope Bible Church Oakville would be so pure and growing and repentant and encouraged and blessed and filled with beauty and love. May it be so, Lord. Use this beautiful song to lead our hearts more towards you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.